are back. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation, here on AM840 KXNT. Happy Sunday. I'm coming to you uh, live, loud, and clear from uh, my new downtown studios here uh, in an undisclosed location in Las Vegas, Nevada. Very happy to be with you. I, <laughs> it's been, well, we got preempted by NASCAR. So I'm not going to complain about that too much, but explaining my my absence here for the last uh, several weeks, a um, lots to go over. Uh, before we, before, I'll get to the debate. I'll get to everything. I know a lot of you are wondering about this race and where we go from here, um, but I just I have to say, this has been one heck of a week. I have been so busy. I counted. I'm just looking through my calendar. As I was doing a bit of show prep, I, I think I had about nine appearances uh, this week. Uh, that, um, you know, but not legal appearances. I wasn't in court. We still uh, civil trials are still trailing over here, which means um, criminal cases have begun. Courtrooms uh, starting here in Nevada to reopen. But uh, you know, there's a constitutional right to a speedy trial for criminal defendants. So those are the folks that are getting the trials first, and civil cases are are still being held up. No, but my calendar has been filled with various community events. And one of the things that I I love about Las Vegas is that really for its size, it's a very small town. And and, and there's a lot of opportunities to help, especially with everything going on. So uh, my partner, law partner, Ashley, and I have been running all over town this week. And as I looked, um, (laughs) as yesterday things began to wind down, uh, I had I had an event over at the at the dealership Jaguar dealership uh, uh, supply a teacher event was very successful raised money for school supplies here uh, for school kids in Las Vegas and and and, and after all of that I looked at it and I go you know what I am busier than Joe Biden is in the last ten days leading up to the presidential election I the guy he's dark again where is he he's gone so the debate I watched it. And I'm not. I don't have really anything to add that anybody else has said. I think the the one thing that struck me uh, is that uh, as I'm watching the debate, I am following what the reaction is in real time on on Twitter. And the most surprising thing occurred. Well, not surprising, but the, the, an interesting thing occurred at exactly the moment when Biden began to tweet. During the debate, now I am watching him live. Let's say there is a three and a half, four second delay, maybe a seven second. But at any rate, I'm watching him live. He's not on his phone. He's not on a computer. He does not have a tablet. So uh, so it confirms, of course, what we've always thought, that the tweets, everything about the campaign is 100% manufactured. The Biden candidacy is a committee candidacy. And I think it's, it's, it's important to know for every person that hears, and, and I, I get it at home, trust me, I, what, why did Trump have to say that? What was that tweet all about? What, what did he, did he really have to go out and make, you know, make whatever comment it was? And my answer to it always is it's, it's, it's at least we know it's him. It's, it's authentic. If Biden wasn't managed by committee, and we had raw, unfiltered Biden. Uh, I don't. I don't think we'd like what we see either. Uh, we might like it a lot less, quite frankly. 
Uh, so that was one thing I just had confirmed, and no one caught it. I have still haven't heard anybody talk about this, that Biden was tweeting during the debate. I, I would think that's – well, Sisolak does that too. He's our governor here in Nevada, for those of you out of state. <laughs> and, you know, he'll hold a press conference. And then as, he, as he's giving the live press conference, uh, his, his, his Twitter is very active with, with commentary and, and whatnot. So, again, I, 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 like, I like the authenticity uh, I think it's something that people crave, and and I think there's one major component of the debate this week that frames the case for why Trump is going to be reelected, and it comes down to this. I know quite a few suburban moms, dads, people I know, my friends, who have, well, let's just put it this way, have, have kids in public school, have uh, you know, whatever the issue is, have 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 a life that has been brought to a standstill by Corona. And the reality is, is th- these folks, my friends, our neighbors, you, we do not want to hear that Dr. Fauci is going to be running the country. We just don't want to hear it. And so in the debate, When Trump said, we have to reopen, we've got to learn to live with this 99% survival. And and Biden's message is, we're going to listen to the experts. The, the experts. The experts are myopic. The experts see just what's in front of them. The experts, friends, the experts want to just wrap this thing up and 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 hide us all in the basement like Joe's hiding. And and that was perhaps one of the best parts of the debate when Trump says, you know, to Biden, you don't you know, the American public doesn't have the luxury of hiding in the basement, of secreting themselves from the world and, and hiding from this virus. We 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 just can't do that. And it rings true for me as a lawyer. I represent clients. My clients continue to get injured. People continue to get hurt. Things happen. But courts are closed and, and people are scared to go to the doctor's office to treat. And, the, and I'm talking for, for some very serious injuries. And as you, as you may realize, even, even an orthopedic injury that goes untreated for a period of time becomes much harder to fix and potentially makes it ineligible for repair, for a, for a permanent fix, and, and results in permanent disability, in fact. And we do. We, as a consequence of a, well, as a, as a consequence of a protracted shutdown, uh, we, have, we have done untold harm. We've got people who have, who have held off on cancer treatment, who haven't gotten their checkups, uh, who have, have missed opportunities uh, for life-saving interventions, we have, as, as Trump pointed out in the debate, we have alcoholism that has run rampant. We have abuse, domestic abuse that's off the charts. We have drug abuse. We have suicides that are spiking. And all of this is, is not, not a, a coincidence. It did not happen just by chance. All of this is occurring because we've, we have made one issue, one problem, one serious disease that's that's out there we have put it in a place of supremacy over everything else and the thing is is 
I mean, I, what do they say? Balance in all things. I mean, the, the most important thing in life is balance. And in a collective society, I keep saying this, in a, in a society where we, where we share sidewalks and we share the air and we share the roads and, and, and we, we, we have to get along and we have rules that govern all of this. In a society like this, it is all about trade-offs. And, and you cannot have a perfect solution to one thing without it costing something on, on, on the other side of the equation. And the cost here, friends, has been absolutely tremendous. I, I see it here in, in Las Vegas. I see it in California when I'm out at our California office. I, I just I see it everywhere I go. And so, yeah, I'm, I, 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 and, and I know I put in a, dropped in a little line. I want to talk about this more when we come back from the break. But I want to lay out uh, my, my reasons for why I think Trump will win now, why the polls are, are just dead wrong once again. Uh, I'm telling you, this, this is the, the, the media and the pollsters. They've done it again. Frank Luntz on Friday said, if we blow this one, and you know he's the, he's the Fox News pollster, uh, the guy who, with the kind of the, the weird-looking head. Uh, anyway, Frank Luntz, uh, he, says, he said, well, if we pollsters got this one wrong again, then, then, then we don't deserve... Uh, to be in business, uh, I think I think he's he knows where this is headed, and he wants to be the one that gets ahead of it. All right, Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on AM eight forty KXNT. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this break. You got hurt in an accident. Now you need the right lawyer to help you. Don't hire a do-nothing, no-call, no-show lawyer. We are Sam and Ash, and we are different. We've recovered over $400 million for our clients, and we promise to always call you back the same day. While no one can guarantee an outcome in your case, we have the experience to get you the results that you deserve. So call us at 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. Welcome back. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on AM840 KXNT. And, um, well, uh, how about this Hunter Biden story? Kind of get the feeling like this was locked and loaded and ready to go uh, for a while. (laughs) Well, I I know because that's that's what I'm – a lot of people are saying, well, really? I mean, come on. The guy had the laptop. He had it for a period of time, right? I mean, he, it didn't, it's not like it just came into his possession. So the, the, the repair shop owner who took this laptop in some time ago, and, uh, and Hunter Biden, of course, given his, his drug habit and his flightiness, uh, doesn't seem like he is really much of a serious person, in spite of the fact that he's a Yale-educated lawyer, uh, leaves the laptop at this uh, Delaware repair shop, and the law of bailment applies, which I'm sure he learned at Yale, and that is that if you leave chattel property uh, in a uh, with a with a store, let's say, and 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 a bill is owed, uh, this is true certainly. If you leave your car at a repair shop and don't pay the bill, they have a mechanics lien, and something similar exists for other. Uh, items of, of personal 
a chattel property, as it's called in legal terms. And so, so suddenly the laptop now becomes the property of, of the shop. And on this laptop is, I mean, gosh, it's, there, it's, it's a disaster. It's a disaster for Biden. Now, it does not peel away a single diehard anti-Trump Democrat uh, voter. I want to make that clear. This does not peel any. Nobody suddenly sees this and goes, all right, that's it. You know what? I, I, uh, I, I can't vote for this guy. But and not not if not if they're a diehard Democrat, they're just not going to do it. They're going to they're they're going to they're 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 absolutely out. They're going to vote for Biden. But I I think that this is absolutely uh, earth shattering for the uh, the many voters out there who are who are wobbly. And let me describe to you, first of all, I want to get into a little bit about this kind of mysterious swing voter, because I've always thought these are. It's kind of nonsense, right? You got people out there that go this way and they go that way and they're up, they're down. But really, I, <laughs> I got, I'll explain it. It is, these are people who are governed, they make decisions emotionally. And one of the things that I always have to do on this program is I have to apply logical thinking to things. But at the same time, evaluate, for example, this presidential race, evaluate it. From an emotional perspective, I have to be your emotional eye-seeing host to get you through this. So I got to read. I got to read a little bit of the tea leaves, a little bit of the, um, you know, the kind of the the wokeness out there, and get a sense for it. And then on the other other hand, I, I have to, I have to do a good job at, at the analysis. And and here is where the analysis and also the emotional evaluation comes in because these swing voters i think are people who uh you know they may be registered republican or registered independent but they definitely make emotional decisions and and these are these are people who um uh you know have i i think right now that the hunter biden story does more to destroy joe biden's decent image that we all know you know, the guy's been around for years, and we we know what he you know we know what he did to Clarence Thomas. We know what he did when he was a senator, and we know what he did in uh, the Obama administration. We we know his history, and we we know he's a snarky guy, and he's got a bit of an ego. And I you know for years he talks up this this you know pencil you know roots in in uh, where, where is he from Scranton Scranton Pennsylvania. Look up Joe Biden's house. This is radio. I cannot, uh, I cannot show you a picture of Joe Biden. But I'm telling you, Joe Biden's house does not look like my house. And I live in a pretty nice house. It does not look like your house uh, unless you live in a beautiful, giant mansion surrounded by what appears to be a private force. I, uh, in government, the guy had a government job for 47 years. What was, what was his max salary? 200k I'm I'm just telling you I'm 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 a numbers guy I'm a business guy I, I t- there's no possible way that he has that life from just this this reminds me of Harry Reid not to digress but you know a local figure 
uh, here in Las Vegas and, and, you know, spent his whole life in government, too, and ended up with multiple luxury condominiums living high on the hog. Uh, you know, and, and we instinctively, right, we, we taxpayers, we don't like this. And I'm, I'm getting back to it. So you get this story out there. And the story is that it's, it's, he's got this son that he knows is off the rails, right? He knows his son's a drug addict. He acknowledges as much in the text message exchanges between him and Hunter, right? We see this. There's a back and forth about it, and, 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 and Joe is urging Hunter to, in a, in a fatherly way, and frankly, very nice way, urging him to get the help that he needs. So, he, so Joe knows that he's got a drug addict on his hands, and yet he lets himself get entangled in this. And the only conceivable reason for it is that the idea of making millions of dollars from the Chinese communists is too good to pass up. And this story instinctively triggers in people in these emotional thinkers they're not evaluating it you know they're not looking at it that right they're not they're not doing a perry mason number on this what 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 they're doing is they're looking at this and they're going oh i i don't think this guy's that squeaky clean either yeah i didn't think trump was you know his tax returns i don't i don't like that but i don't like this nonsense with you know, trying to raise millions of dollars from China. And then there's another, I think, even more important component to this. And that is this, this element of now the public realizing, oh my gosh, I'm not seeing this on CNN. I'm not seeing this on MSNBC. I'm not reading about this in the Washington Post other than a dismissal of it, you know, an out of hand, this is a Russian disinformation. And the public now, these emotional voters that are thinking, they start to think, well, I wonder if I'm, I'm actually being lied to. They're finally realizing what for years we've always known is that there's, uh, the, there's a, a, a monopoly, frankly, a monopoly on the media, uh, overwhelming monopoly that, that excludes uh, anything really f- favorable to Trump. And, 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 and uh, honestly, in the last four years, amplifies the slightest uh, bit of criticism that is out there for the president. And, and I, you know, I, look, I, I, for example, I look at a, at a website like a newspaper like the Daily Mail. I love the Daily Mail. And the reason I like it is when Trump does something stupid, it's there. I mean, it's there. It's not just there. It's at the top front article. And when this Hunter Biden story breaks, Again, there it is at the top of the article. And I always just, I laugh. I said, this is what journalism is. Sometimes I'm not going to like what I read, and, and sometimes I am. But either way, I'm getting the information that's newsworthy. And I really believe, and, and listen to me on this, I believe that people are starting to realize that they're getting bamboozled. And the media's frantic efforts to, to carry water for the Biden campaign and to to, to I guess to carry the, the water metaphor further, sink Trump, I think is going to backfire. I think one of the postmortems that will be done on this election is the cover-up of this Hunter Biden story. And, and, it, and it, uh, by, by the way, I know that, uh, who was it? Pierce Morgan, speaking of the Daily Mail, he's a, a contributing columnist 
uh, with the Daily Mail and, of course, a uh, host of, uh, I think, Good Morning Britain uh, out of London. Uh, Pierce Morgan, big critic of, of Trump's, don't get me wrong, but he, he wanted to come on and, and on CNN. He had, a, he had an interview scheduled where he wanted to come on and actually was going to potentially talk about this Hunter Biden story. And they, they that's right, they axed him. In other words... Pierce Morgan was only welcome on CNN so long as he bashed Trump. But if he was going to bring up Hunter Biden, forget about it. All right, Sam Rajofsky here, AM 840 KXNT. If you're just joining us, the race and explaining the emotional voter, right? The emotional swing voter. And they are sensing, they're smelling a rat. They can't put their finger on it exactly. They don't know exactly what it's all about, but they don't like it. One of two things happens. They either switch their preference, which they leaned Biden, to lean Trump, or they just don't vote. And either way, it is devastating for for Biden. This is absolutely devastating for him. The other part of it is the debate. You know, people say it was too little too late. No, it was the perfect time for Trump to come out and, and be mellow. Because there's a lot of people that want to vote for him but just can't get over the fact of how big of, an, of a jerk he is. I'd include my own wife in that. And I love, by the way, I love, love Sherry. She's a great bellwether for me because we don't always agree on everything. And she's got a lot of, a lot of uh, very liberal friends that are dear friends of ours. And we, you know, so we, we actually do have friends that we disagree with and we, we love. Uh, which, again, as a reminder, is the American way uh, and the way it ought to be. And we, we tease each other and we talk about the issues and, and we do it respectfully. And so, so, yes, so when Trump gets out there and calls Joe Biden an idiot and, and Biden calls Trump a fool, whatever, that first debate, very off-putting to people like my wife. It is. But at the same time, going back to what I said earlier, we have three kids who are out of school. We have three kids who are doing video Zoom learning. Literally, what the F? Those of you who have kids at home, you know what I'm saying. It is nuts. These kids need to be on a playground. These kids need to be learning in a classroom. If there's a teacher with, with, who is susceptible, let's, let's work around that. But, but heaven forbid... If, if schools don't open up here in Nevada, I, people are going to lose their minds. We've got Sisolak, who up until, you know, I don't know, 30 days ago was, was mini Gavin, uh, referring to Gavin Newsom out of California. I, I, I just don't know. I, I'm telling you. So we got to take a quick break. And we'll be back after this. I'll get more into this when we come back. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on AM840 KXNT. Ash, what about those insurance ads with catchy jingles? And the lawyer commercials. The jingles might get stuck in your head, but they're designed to do one thing, distract you. Distract you from hiring the right professional team to represent you. Choose reputation over shtick. Sam and I are real personal injury attorneys who focus on you and your recovery. Call us anytime, 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. All 
right, we're back. Sam Rajovsky here, Sam Nation, AM 840 KXNT. Happy Sunday, friends. Uh, talking about the election and, and, um, and frankly, why I think Trump's going to win this. And I have two examples for you here. I know we talked a little bit about the emotional swing voter and that they are smelling a rat with this Hunter Biden thing. But I, I, I also think the pollsters, I mentioned Frank Luntz, the pollsters have this wrong. They are just missing it. They're missing something going on in this country again. And it's a repeat, although I think it's a it's much bigger of a of a miss even than it was four years ago. And I have two kind of composite vignettes to give you. The first, about a week ago, uh, a week ago, Trump was in Newport Beach. He was for, on Saturday. He was here in Las Vegas. Sunday, he flew to California. He had a fundraiser uh, in uh, in Lido, which is a, a, a very bougie, upscale, coastal uh, part of Newport Beach. At any rate, the way that the event operated, and I know because, well, I won't get into that, but I know you you had a drive to the to Huntington Beach, and there was a clearing area where the Secret Service, uh, every person who attended the event, the Secret Service uh, had to, you know, wand, uh, you know, clear through metal detectors and so forth and, and, you know, go through security. And then they put you on secure buses, and they took you to the the house of the host of the party where, where Trump uh, appeared and had his um, his fundraiser. Now, uh, I can tell you this, that one of the wealthiest landowners in Newport Beach, not the wealthiest, so I know some of you know who, who may know who I'm talking about. I'd be careful about this. Went to this fundraiser and sat on a bus probably for the first time since he was in college. Let me put it again. A multimillionaire, perhaps billionaire, took a bus to go see Trump. And then there's a second part of this vignette, which is along the path that Trump's motorcade took, Every person in Orange County came out, and I mean, it was unreal. When I read in the Orange County Register the next day that there was an equal number of Biden and Trump supporters along the route, you know, protest, pro, pro and, and, and anti-demonstration, you know, demonstration, I, I didn't know. I, I'm confident that the reporter did not go to the scene. And it wasn't just... I mean, I love the narrative, of course, as this is a bunch of proud boys that are out there. But these were, I mean, there were people that came from Little Saigon, from, from you know, from Garden Grove and, and, and Fountain Valley and these areas that are, are Vietnamese immigrants. There were, uh, there were Hispanics, there were African Americans. I mean, it was the, I'm just, I'm letting you all know that the, the, the base of support for Trump, and, and I've seen it out here in Nevada too, by the way, but but in California, in, in Orange County, in Orange County that went blue, that voted for Hillary, that didn't, in 2016, got rid of the last Republican 
member of Congress. Orange County is absolutely showing up for Trump. And what's the commonality between the multi-multi-millionaire who has, who has his own super yacht? Okay, let me put it this way. Who gets on a bus, a crowded bus, to go see Trump? And the people that come out from Garden Grove to wave to Trump. What's the difference? What's the commonality? What's the, what's the common ground there? And the, the answer is the Democrats have overplayed their hand with COVID. It's that simple. The vote Trump has become the protest vote against coronavirus. And now the two big taboos have been joined. And this is why this is why the uh, pollsters are effed. This is radio. I can't say the real word. You're screwed. Because there's, if there's two things you're not allowed to say in polite society is, one, I support Donald Trump. And two, I think COVID's overblown. You're not allowed to say it. Because if you say you like Trump, they call you a racist. If you say that you think the response is overblown, like I did here on Twitter some months ago and had (laughs) some local blogger here berate me for not caring that people die. That's right. The answer, if you think that coronavirus, response to coronavirus is overblown, you don't care if people die. And so the problem is the people that think that COVID is crazy and we've, okay, we got, I get it. It's bad disease. You know, but 99.9% survivable, and our kids need to get off Zoom, and we need to get out and about, and we need to begin interacting with people, and we need to smile at one another, and, we, you know, society's beginning to take a turn for the worse. So th- those of us who are taking, I think, a practical approach, our opinion is driven underground. It is suppressed by the thought police. Now, add to it, if you, gosh forbid, you think coronavirus is a little overblown and you, you think that that Trump guy, you know, man, he does, he, I wish he'd put his Twitter away, but, you know, I kind of agree with a lot of what he says. <gasps> I mean, you're going to give people the vapors. And I am telling you right now, the pollsters are not picking these people up. It's not happening. No, they're they're these are these are um they're these are the uh, in terms of votes these are the lost boys of the Sudan they, they, people are not getting picked up, and so this era of a secret language you know people every valet in town every waiter yeah you know, I'm always out and about can I just tell you those of you who are not in Las Vegas let me just I know Las Vegas. Nevada went blue. We've got a governor who's a Democrat. He's an idiot. Uh, we have what else do we have? We've got we've you know we voted for Hillary, right? Okay. I'm telling you, every every person I talk to out there goes, "What what do you think of the debate? What do you think of the debate?" And you know what that's code for, right? Uh, where are you where are you coming from? Uh, where are you coming from, Sam? What's your what's your what's your position? Because a lot of people don't know. And I, and I tell them, wow, I think it's pretty good. And the conversation always 
it surprises me that people of all walks of life have had it up to their gills. The valet in my building, let me, let me tell you, I, I'm not going to name it, but this, this poor guy, him and his wife have to take turns because school now is only three hours a day instead of six. And I mean, the, the impact, right? So they've, they're the lucky ones. They're, they're, their kid is back in school, I guess, for some portion of the day. And then the rest of it is Zoom. So the, they have to completely change their work schedules so that one parent is, to, is there to pick up their kid at school and then also somebody is with that child to help through the afternoon of Zoom classes. And they basically, my understanding is they never see each other now because of this nonsense. And they're looking at themselves going, look, I, I'm – and the, the crazy thing is they are both working and interacting with people and taking precautions to be safe and using PPE and, 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 and gloves, right, and, and using – you know, and washing their hands and taking their vitamins and the whole nine yards, right? All of that is happening. But this reaction – and. Biden just keeps stepping in it. The campaign, the, the listen to the scientists thing is what's going to doom uh, Biden's campaign. I'm, I'm, it, it just will. It's not, it's not what people out there want to hear. And I, for every one of my friends that I know are people that I see that is just thinks that they need to be shuttered up until this thing passes. That's a minority of people. That, if it's one in three, I'd be shocked. Truthfully shocked. Two in three can agree that we need to reopen, we need to be safe, and we need to, as Trump put it, whether they like Trump or not, they agree with the idea, the concept, that we have to learn to live with this thing. And so all those people lining the route, those waving to Trump in Newport Beach, I saw it, okay, all those people waving to Trump, they are business owners, they're parents, they're people that had wage-earning jobs that have been furloughed, right on up to the multimillionaire that got on a bus to see Trump, okay? And this man, I can tell you, just like a lot of the people along that route, these are not ideologues. These people do not give three rips about what the Washington Post columnists, editors think, okay? These are people who it just comes down to dollars. It comes down to their lives. It comes down to their, their, the very essence of being, of living. And so my, my prediction in this election, frankly, is ah, Trump's going to win, uh, I think he's going to win here in Nevada. I think, it's, I think uh, all you need to do is look at the governor's approval rating uh, here. I mean, if you, if you think in California, what is it, eight points, ten points swing to the Democrats? I mean, it, you know, the Democrat presumes to win California. Uh, I, I can tell you Orange County is going to definitely vote Trump. I don't – I mean, you know, we'll see what the rest of California does. But don't be, don't be surprised, folks. Do not be surprised if California comes close to a Trump victory. Don't be surprised at all uh, because I, I'm just – I'm telling you, I, 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 the people have had it up to their gills with this nonsense.
All right. We will get to more of this when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, I, I hope you appreciate that I'm being a voice of optimism here. Okay? All right. Sam Merchofsky, Sam Nation here on AM 840 KXNT, back right after this. If you've been injured in an accident, you need the right team on your side. Ashley is a former insurance defense attorney who knows the insurance industry's playbook. And Sam is an experienced high-stakes negotiator for accident victims and their families. At Sam and Ash, our sole focus is on you, your recovery, and getting you the best possible settlement in the least amount of time. Call us day or night at 702-820-1234 or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. Poor Van Jones. Did any of you catch this last week? Oh, Van Jones went on CNN. You know, he's the commentator. He's an African-American guy. He went on CNN, and he says basically that Trump doesn't get enough credit uh, for what he's done, and these are his words, what he's done for the black community. And, oh, my goodness. Oh, my, oh, my goodness. I, uh, <clears throat> Well, okay, I'll get into this. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on AM 840 KXNT. Happy to, to be with you guys uh, today. <laughs> um, he went against the orthodoxy. You cannot do this. You have to stay on the reservation. You cannot wander off. So this, you know, Jake, Jake Tapper, of course, had another segment about how racist Trump is. And, you know, in the debate... Um, you know, Trump, Trump, of course, says that he hasn't no one has done more for the African-American community than uh, him as president. No president has done more uh, for the African-American community since uh, Abraham Lincoln. And Biden goes, OK, OK, Abraham Lincoln over there. And 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 he made a point of really saying not since. And there was an exchange and it was funny. So they were they were discussing this. And the, the, the truth is, I mean, Van Jones. Van Jones told the truth. I'm telling you, and you know this, you know this instinctively. You cannot speak the truth in today's society. You can't say what's not even just what you think. I mean, forget that. I, 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 I get that in a, you know, in a civil society, you know, if you think somebody is grotesquely ugly, probably not a, Nice thing, good thing, a thoughtful thing to to have those words leave your mouth. Um, I'm giving one example, but you can't you cannot say things like ninety nine percent of people survive COVID, and we need to reopen. You can't say things like, "Well, you know what, Trump should get credit for the first step program and the fact that he's freed many many of." Uh, incarcerated uh, people of color who have been put away for life in many cases for, you know, petty drug offenses. Which is really uh, awful. And, and what he did was good. And, and you can say that and still think that Trump is not, a, you know, not the guy you're going to vote for, but at least you can say it. And if they're coming, look, if they're coming after Van Jones 
This is an important point. They will come, as you well know, they'll come after you and me. Because if uh, if Van Jones is a, oh, well, he has, he has liberal bona fides, doesn't he? Uh, he's a commentator on CNN. That's right. You've got that. Yeah, he is an African-American himself, so he's, he's got the identity thing going in his favor. What else? Oh, I mean, he's got a long history as a, as, as a, as a leftist. None of that will save you, not from the Twitter mob. And now, those of you who are on Twitter and follow Twitter and are depressed with the state of politics because you're on Twitter, can I just tell you something? Twitter's not the real world. The people that are on Twitter... They, people go on Twitter to get angry. People go on Twitter to be confrontational. People go on Twitter that would never in a million years say to someone's face what they say to them on Twitter. I always tell people, don't, don't put anything on Twitter you wouldn't say to somebody's face. Um, and I, and, it, and it, so it becomes this, I mean, it's just a cesspool of mudslinging. And it also, by the way, I think overwhelmingly has a you know, left-wing leaning. And I, I think as of today, uh, by the way, going back to the Hunter Biden story and, and Twitter, has, has Twitter unlocked the New York Post's account yet? Can, can we recognize what an awful place Twitter is? So, so yes, by all means, Twitter the last couple days has been banging for Van Jones's head saying all sorts of vile stuff because he just briefly said, you know, ah, Trump does a lot of crazy stuff, and, and he retweets things that are written by white supremacists, but in his actions, for his actions, he doesn't get credit. Uh, and, and Twitter goes wild, all sorts of vile stuff on there that I've seen with my own eyes, uh, but, they, but Twitter will absolutely police a, a what seems to be uh, a yet undenied story um, by uh, that that goes to the heart. I mean, of a corruption case against Joe Biden, and, and they've locked the newspaper that that has released the story out of of their Twitter account. This is just uh, beyond shameful. Now, I know I have a well. I'll follow this thing with with Van Jones, but I'm just telling you, if it happens to Van Jones, it can happen to you and me. Speaking of Twitter, I, I know a lot of a lot of my conservative friends always ask me about the idea of regulating Twitter and social media, and they always come come to me with that question because, uh, frankly, it's it's loathsome to many conservatives uh, the idea that the government would step in and tell Twitter, a private company, uh, what it can and can't do. Um. And I, I would I would say this it's for, for it comes down to the, the principle here is a private property interest. In other words, Twitter is a private company, yes, right? But it's the information that it has that it displays that it cho- chooses to display is all based on, on their servers, right? It's on their premises, so to speak. And when we go on Twitter, right right now, if I go have a look at Twitter, I mean, I am essentially stepping onto Twitter's premises. I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking about this, right, as a, as a lawyer, but I'm, I'm trying to get to the kind of the root cause for why so many people, uh, certainly on the right, even though they, they abhor what Twitter is doing, uh, 
politically, you know, recognize its right to do so. Now, I have said this before, and I think it's the right time to return back to this, and that is that private property rights are, frankly, in this country, I mean, they're not strong enough, in my view, and have been eroded over the years by numerous Supreme Court decisions. And, and you know, you have, you have certain takings cases, uh, horrible cases, in my view, like um, – like the ones that deal with eminent domain, there's one I think it was called Kino that has to do with uh, the takings of of a of a private a number of private homes in order to build a shopping center and things like that. But you, the case here that I think is always the most interesting to me is is the Pruneyard Shopping Center uh, case out of California. And this this case I think was around 1980. California's uh, state Supreme Court decided that a shopping center in California had to allow protesters to come onto its private party. They couldn't exclude protesters just because they disagreed with them, right? That they, these protesters had free speech rights to express themselves, the right under the First Amendment to express themselves, even though it was private property. And the reason that they gave, and this is straight from the decision, the reason that they gave for this, the court gave for this, is they said, well, look, um, The shopping center, it's 1980, right? You know what was going on in the world at the time. 1980, the shopping center is the new town square, right? People don't congregate in town squares anymore. They go to the mall. And this case ended up getting appealed to the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court said, hey, if there's nothing in the state constitution that prohibits this, uh, it's a good decision and it can stand. And so in a number of states, this type of ruling applies. And if you own a shopping center uh, and, and you invite the public onto your premises, you have to allow protesters. And I bring all this up to say is that this decision, this legal history that was, that was put forward by liberal justices and liberal lawyers and pushing, you know, a lot of, you know, things – abrogating private property rights in the interests of, of allowing, you know, allowing in most cases left-wing speech onto these private into these private malls. I think this is going to come back and bite them and this will be the basis by which Twitter gets regulated. Um, I, I really do I really do believe it's going to happen. All right, like as per usual, we're completely out of time. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on AM840KXNT another show in the bag. Uh Talk to you, I think, in a couple weeks. I think we're off again because of NASCAR. But stay tuned. Maybe I'll do a little podcast in between. So go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. You know all the places. Find the podcast. Get the podcast downloaded. I may do a special show as we lead into the election. Have a good, great day, guys. Talk to you later. (laughs) 